gentlemen, welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul, and today we we greet you with solemn, somber hearts as uh, Justin and I, my my uh, co-host Justin Baker, uh, welcome welcome into the funeral. Justin, hello, how are you? Welcome to the funeral. I'm yep. grieving. Let's this, just say that this is uh, indeed that that time when uh, you know we just have to admit that. Some teams have passed on. We we are passing on some teams as far as as far as the playoffs go, and uh, we are going to be conducting uh, eight to ten funerals right now. Uh, we are we are funeral directing. It's uh, a new job title. Actually, funny story. When I was like eleven years old, I decided to fill out one of those job survey things to figure out what my ideal job would be. Maybe I was like thirteen, you know, thinking like, what do I want to do with my life? So I filled out one of these things. Top answer, funeral director. Creepy. And I thought, oh, I am not sensitive enough for that. <laughs> I, I, I would definitely make a an ill-timed joke, no doubt about that. Um, <laughs> that, or just some not even ill-timed, but just a joke that at any time is horrendously inappropriate. And uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think I'd last. You know, those, those funeral directors and those guys are like women, men, whatever. They just have the like softest little hearts and I don't. <laughs> Dude. <But> anyways, <laughs> uh, we are here to, uh, to, I guess say, say, uh, kiss the playoffs goodbye for a few teams. And, and we want to talk about particularly eight teams that are for the most part completely out of it. Very, very unlikely that any of them make the playoffs. Uh, four per conference. So we're going to conduct that funeral so that we can sort of move on from those teams until trade deadline. Uh, and we want to focus on the teams that are in the race. So we are going to just, you know, give give a little say uh, la vie to some of these teams. Uh, Justin, where do you want to start? What, uh, what, where should we just start at the bottom and, and work our way up? Let's go west. Let's go west. Okay. Yeah, uh, one of my favorite bands. Go West. Don't even know who that is. Um, oh. gonna, have to, gonna have to listen after after the show. I wish that we had some, uh, you know, we actually had some some music rights so that right now I could loop in some Go West. Can you just tweet at them and ask them if it's cool if we toss it into our podcast? <laughs> I mean, they're pretty relevant. The only song they really ever had that was of any noteworthiness, um, they had a song called King of Wishful Thinking that was on the uh, Pretty Woman soundtrack. Oh, and that's, okay. That's kind of okay, so up. this is a this is an older band. Oh yeah, like eighties, yeah, eighties, early nineties. Is that? Yep. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Uh, all right. Well, let's start with the team that has won a single regulation game, and that is the Anaheim Ducks. They are. Uh, I'm. I am personally shocked at how bad the Ducks have been. Like, I didn't think that the Ducks were going to make the playoffs. I, I, you know, I didn't have those delusions of grandeur. Some people out there thought, you know, they brought it. They did bring in Strom, and uh, they made some some like decent filler moves in the off season. And uh, my God, like it's like they don't play any particular type of game. There, there is no system. At least when I watch, I don't see. I don't see this concrete system when I watch them and. Uh, their their best players have not been have not really taken that next step. You know, like you assume maybe a Trevor Zegers would take a next step. Uh, they 
they just haven't looked good in any way, shape, or form. I mean, Troy Terry, he's fine. He's been he's been really solid. And it's not as if Zegers is terrible. You know, Zegers will probably put up 65 points by the end of the year, which is a good year. Uh, but beyond that, this is just a, an absolute tire fire. Yeah, that's uh, that's putting it nicely. I mean, I, I hate to say it, and right, and Johnny, you know as well as anybody who listens to this show, uh, Johnny Gibson's my boy, and I think, um, you know, I still think he's a quality top ten goaltender in this league. But the problem is, is this team is just so terrible defensively. I mean, look, they're they're dead last in the league at as far as goals against is concerned, and um, they're dead last in a lot of categories. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, thank you. That's uh, that's pretty much where I was going with that. I mean, goals against dead last, power play percentage fourteen and a half, penalty kill sixty six. I mean, there's really nothing that's going well for this team at all. And I mean, like you said, right? Troy Terry, Trevor Zegers, good years. Um, but when you when you get outside of those two guys, I mean, it, it drops off pretty quick. I mean, you know, I, I Ryan Strom, who they brought in on a big contract, expected to be their second line guy behind Zegers and kind of had that veteran presence to add that leadership and some, you know, I, I guess kind of help those Mason McTavishes and, and Frank Vetranos come in and kind of, you know, maybe give them a little boost. It just, it hasn't worked. Right. I mean, this defense in my opinion is, is probably the biggest issue, right? They just, they just have poor defensive zone play. And it just, you know, when, when you're a goaltender like John Gibson, who's just been on a bad team for so long, you have no confidence. I, I hate to say it. And when you, when your goaltender has no confidence, you really have no one else to go to, as far as a goaltending option is concerned, I mean, it's just you're you're looking nowhere but down. And, right, um, right. Yeah, and and in speaking of defense, John Klingberg, they bring him in to hopefully boost a little bit of that offense on the back end, and he's only managed to put up a measly eight points, one goal in 22 games. And so um, for a guy that signed one year, seven million bucks, and you think, okay, he's going to come in, he's going to put up some Shane Gostisphere type numbers on a bad team, right? You think he's going to come in, partner with Cam Fowler, and you know, really, you know put up i guess you know maybe a 50 40 point pace season it just it hasn't been there for him right right yeah i mean five on five they're dreadful I mean, they're second worst in goals against five on five and they're fifth worst in goals four all right there you go there's your there's your full-on answer uh five on five they are just terrible and as far as the rest of you know the rest of goals against in your, you know, uh, the 4v5, you know, in, on a penalty kill situation, they are by far the worst. Uh, 33 goals allowed on at 4 on 4 on 5, uh, which next worst is Arizona at 26, and that's LA and Edmonton as well. So they, they just, over four goals a game they're allowing. That's crazy. And uh, yeah, the, the Ducks just, I think that this is a, in some respects, it's maybe here. You know, they thought that they were going to be a little bit better. They thought they were moving in in a good direction. And also, I don't think that they care that they're losing right now, because, uh, frankly, from Pat Verbeek's perspective, where he was hired last year, this is fine. You're, you know, the way you look at this, you're going to have the best shot at Connor Bedard, and chances are, you know, you're going to get a, a no matter what, you're going to get a great player. Uh, at at the end of this year, and you weren't expecting to win much. You weren't expecting to make the playoffs, I don't think. And uh, and, and now this just you know kind of cements it. Uh, but you got to think that they they've they do have a few players that they could move. 
uh, for sure John Klingberg's out. You know, you'd like to you you would have hoped that he would have had a better kind of a better start here. Uh, eight points in twenty two games and a minus fourteen kind of goes right along with how we sort of were wondering. You know, is was his career was he slowing down or was it just the coaching in in Dallas? That was, uh, you know, kind of, kind of bringing him back. You know, he had thirty-two points, thirty-six points, and then forty-seven points, uh, which is still high end. But he was a minus. He was a minus twenty-eight in Dallas, a minus fifteen the year before. I mean, he has struggled to uh, to be able to defend, and man, that's just been exacerbated here in Anaheim. And and I think that at seven million bucks, which yeah, I know three and a half million bucks, I. I don't know that this that they're going to get a first round pick for John Klingberg, which I think they were probably thinking, yeah, we'll pay him you know, seven million for about three fourths of a year, so we're going to pay him around five million dollars, and that'll that'll grab us a first round pick. And I don't think you're getting a first round pick for John Klingberg. Yeah, that it's going to be tough. And I'll tell you, the only reason they might actually get a first round pick, and I'm I'm pretty doubtful. I'm I'm sixty forty that they won't get it, but. Um, because he's a right-handed shot, right? There's always teams that need those right-handers. There's so few of them in the NHL, and because he has a history of such good offensive capabilities, there might be a team that you know has a pretty solidified top three, top four defenseman, and might say, you know what, we'll give up a first-round pick because we think this guy could just we, he could put us over the top, right? If you look at you know maybe some of the the teams towards the top, maybe you look at a, a team like Winnipeg, right, who could use a little bit of offense on that back end, and you say, okay, with you know. Pionk and, and Morrissey, maybe we just need that one guy who we can put on our third pairing and he can come in and kind of give us a little boost on the back end offensively. And we don't have to put them out, put them out there in dangerous situations. Uh, you know, could be a, a guy that maybe teams like that will, will pay a little bit more for. Yeah, that that's true. Uh, I just, and if, if it just keeps going in direct, I mean, you're paying for maybe the potential, uh, but my man, it's too bad for him too, because Obviously, that one-year, $7 million deal, you're betting on yourself. And maybe he took the wrong bet. Right. <laughs> he's, just not having, he's not having a great start. Um, you know, if he goes somewhere and, and plays great. I mean, he has been to the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, it, it's not as if he's he's never seen playoff success. So that's, that's a huge deal for uh, a lot of these teams who just haven't been able to sniff that far. And uh, to bring in a guy who knows how to win, I mean, that's, that's certainly a factor. Uh, but... I, it's it's too bad that it hasn't worked out better there. Uh, same, I mean Ryan Strom too. He's he's struggled in a lot of ways. Uh, it just has not gone well, and I I don't see Dallas Aiken, Aikens going past this year. I I think they'll keep him around because hey, this losing might as well. It's at this point, it's not doing anything. So just keep losing and uh, and lose in spectacular fashion. I mean Chicago Chicago is is pretty close. They played three less games, so they're going to likely pull ahead a little bit further. But I, I think uh, Anaheim, call it good. Um, let, let's go up to Chicago because Chicago maybe is is more interesting as far as the, the players that can be dealt. Obviously, we know that uh, Kane and Taves are on the block. There was a rumor put out by uh, – makes me throw up a little in my mouth whenever I say his name, but uh, Eklund, you know, who – <laughs> It's out there. It's it's the uh, top story on HockeyBuzz.com. I'll, I'll give, give him credit for that. Uh, Patrick Kane to New Jersey for a first-round pick, Holtz and Severson. What, wow. Uh, 
to New Jersey. Now we did talk about this. Uh, what do you What do you think of uh, Kane going to New Jersey as opposed to obviously the team we had him pegged at the Rangers? Well, I mean, for one thing, right, the, the first thing I think of is not necessarily his scoring ability, but his leadership ability, right? I think that's that's the one big thing I think New Jersey could use a lot of um, if they're expecting or anticipating uh, a deep run, right? If they think they can go deep in the playoffs. And, and I really think it all stems on, um, you know, them getting healthy. And look, you've, you've got Andre Palat coming back at some point, and hopefully he's able to bring that veteran leadership too that I again they brought him in for not necessarily to light up the the scoring charts but um, you know rumor is Mackenzie Blackwood is close to returning too so um, you know if you get a healthy him and he gets somewhat close back to where he was before because again he's in a contract year and even though he's an RFA I think you know he's probably not going to be qualified at three plus million bucks so he's going to come out and play like he he wants to keep his job because you, you look at Schmid who's been coming in and he's put up a 940 save percentage in five games as a backup with Manichek. <laughs> fantastic. So, I, right. uh, in our fantasy league, I, I, I was talking to somebody and I was like, I, I don't need to pick him up because I have so many goalies, but you should probably pick him up. Right. If, because yeah. uh, they didn't have, they don't have very good goalies. I mean, he's a great pickup. You know, he's only going to play. He's, he's one of those players. I don't know about you with fantasy. I tend to have one or two players on my team that in a, in a really deep league, like what we're in, uh, where, I'm okay with going, I'm going to drop him. I'm going to pick this guy up because he's playing a couple of games. Then I'm going to drop him and I'm going to, I, I keep on cycling through some backup goalies sometimes. Yeah. I've got two guys on the team that yep. I do that with all the time. Yep. Um, and because it, I'll, I wanted, I'll tell you what, it, <laughs> it worked out so well, uh, putting in, I think it was Brian Elliott played. He, oh, yeah. he got me a ton of points, 29 points or something like that. <laughs> in in one game, and that's what won it for me was Brian freaking Elliott. Wow, uh, I was I was very pleased. Very okay, pleased. beautiful. Yeah, I mean, look, if that's what um, if New Jersey's willing to deal, especially a young guy like Holtz, right? I think obviously you know Chicago's going to want a young piece coming back the other way, somebody that they can uh, you know hopefully have around for the future. And I mean, he's a good prospect. You, you look at what he did last year in the AHL, fifty-one points in fifty-two games, and. Uh, put up four and three so far this year, but he's been hanging with the big club on the, you know, unfortunately on the fourth line. So he hasn't seen a lot of ice time, but yeah, he's been can, a healthy scratch. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, if you can bring in a guy like, you know, Patty Kane, and then you can move maybe Eric Holla down or Dawson Mercer down to the third line. And well, you and you've got, you, you have a lot of free, I mean, a lot of RFAs. I mean, there's only what four forwards and, and four defensemen signed beyond this year. Uh, sorry, uh, five forwards because Andre Palat is also signed. He's on LTIR right now. Uh, but they've got a lot of cap space. And, hey, if you go trade for Patrick Kane and he connects with Jack Hughes, he connects with Nico Heischer, whoever it may be, uh, suddenly you maybe you've got – you can convince him to stay. And he's oh, yeah, already – you know, he's already been making 10 and, 10 and a half million – was it 10 million? A year? Yeah, he's made his money. So maybe he'd sign for four or five million bucks a year. I mean, even that uh, you could. I mean, you could probably go as high as seven or eight with a guy like that for three or four years. Because listen, the only guy you really have to bring back on a you know a, a big raise is going to be Jesper Bratt, and they'll they'll get that deal done eventually. And so if you look at a core of Jesper Bratt, Heischer, and Hughes, you've got some good centers. You've got you know a good defensive um, you know group back there with Hamilton, Marino, and you can say, hey, we've got these guys. And then of course. 
you know, we've got Vitek Vanatek playing goal, and he's been looking pretty good and potentially a, a good backup at Smith. Um, I, there's no reason not to to be excited if you're Patty Kane, and you know, obviously they'll they'll re-sign a lot of these younger RFAs and you know keep some other guys around. Sure. I'm sure maybe they might re-sign Thomas Tatar on a you know couple bucks uh, you know see, here or there. But see, we're trying really hard to talk about the Chicago Blackhawks, and we ended up <laughs> talking about the New Jersey Devils, who are not dead. They are they are uh, they are not dead. Runaway, um, runaway green yeah. team. I, I like I like that move for New Jersey and and for Chicago too because you get a nice piece and um, yeah, you know, not just, only that but they're going to be moving a lot of people out yeah. right Max Domi's probably going to go Andre Athanasiu um, you know the only question mark I guess me to you is you know does anybody take a chance or have the money and they're willing to spend it on Jonathan Tate's contract to bring him in well moving it twice. You know, assuming there's a three-way trade, I, I think you're okay with Taves at two and a half or whatever it is, two point seven. Right. Uh, I, I certainly think that Taves in the right role is, especially come playoff time, you got to know that guy is gonna. I mean, just it, there's the nineteen twenty season, which yeah, he had a he had a, a fine year. You know, sixty points that year, eighteen goals. I know he didn't have as good a year last year, but last year we I think it's fair to say we can all throw last year out for the Blackhawks and for a lot of their players. I mean, that last year was just hell for the Blackhawks. Um, this year playing okay, you know, he's got 14 points in 25 games. So, you know, you expand that out and you're looking at a 45-point season. And you know come playoff time, he's probably a better a better producer than that because he's willing to do whatever it takes to win. And you know that he's going to see that as his, uh, whether it's his audition uh, to go and join the team he's on or to just get a new contract. That's what people are going to pay him for is his potential playoff production. And, uh, you know, he, maybe he only makes four million bucks, but a good playoff could could bump that up for him. And I, I mean, if it's me, I don't care what team I have. If I can bring Jonathan Taves in to be my third line center, I'm doing it. Like what a, in my mind, what a fit he would be in, Winnipeg to go home. I mean, that's where he's from. I think we talked about that before. Yep. Uh, I, there's not many teams that you could tell me, oh, he wouldn't be a good fit there. Uh, maybe the only ones would be teams that are just super fast and their third line's really fast, and they would they need a you know they need that speed, um, and he wouldn't be a fit. But I I think that. I mean, you could send him to Pittsburgh. You could go Toronto. You could go Colorado, and and I think that he would find a place. He'll find a little niche there, and uh, and he's going to produce for you. He's responsible, so uh, I think that it, it's not going to be hard for them to move him. Now, what will they get for him? I don't think that it mirrors what they could get for Patrick Kane, uh, and I I don't think you're looking at anyone's numbers. This you know Kane's numbers haven't been great, but. You don't care. You like you know this guy's been. He's he knows they're gonna suck, <laughs> and it's so hard. It's so hard year after year to to go balls to the walls when you're like, I know what it's like to win the Stanley Cup, and this team's freaking terrible, and they're tearing everything down. Right. Oh, I think you're willing. To, you're you're gonna give him a pass. Um, I I think maybe the question beyond all of this is, what do you do with Seth Jones? Because at nine and a half, twenty eight years old. He has not been great. I think that's an understatement. But could he be good on another team? Are you? Would you be willing to eat some of that 
salary, like two and a half million, but then you're eating it for seven years. Uh, and he has a no move. So he might just be, I'm just going to stay here and make my money. Uh, but he, to, to me is, is maybe beyond this season is the biggest question for the Blackhawks is like, what do you do with him? Because he's, uh, I mean, he's, he's a, a monster salary back there and a decent player enough to where he, you know, I guess it's not really doing anything for them in the standings. You could keep them and they're still going to be bad, but, uh, that would be my next, the next place I go is Seth Jones for Chicago. Does he stay or does he want to stay? Well, so here's the thing. I mean, he's got a full no move clause, so he's obviously going to pick and choose where he goes. Um, and, and personally, you know, I, I mean, at this point in his career, right? I mean, he's he's pushing 28. Um, you know, he's probably at the peak of his playing abilities right now, you know, the last year or two. And, um, you know, I don't think he's going to want to go to a team that has the cap space to, sure. you know, to, to bring him on. And what I mean by that is typically teams that have a lot of cap space to bring on a big contract at the bottom of yeah. the league. Right, yeah. yeah. Unless money's coming back the other way. And I don't think Chicago's going to want to do this because when you bring money back the other way and what they would probably get in return for this is not going to be as good as just keeping a guy like Seth yeah. Jones around because regardless if you're tearing things down or not, you still want a couple veteran still guys around. Still need something there, yeah. Yeah. And and then, of course, you still got to get to the cap floor too, right? That's another big question mark. So, um, you know, I, I think at least for another year, he's going to be hanging around Chicago because – um, I think Gary Bettman came out this morning and said, you know, um, they had their board of governors meeting yep. and basically they think because of escrow not being paid off yet by the players that it's only going to probably go up just around another million bucks next year as far as the cap is concerned. So um, teams are going to be a little tighter with the purse strings. And so a guy like Seth Jones bringing in uh, AAV at that large at nine and a half and especially being a, a slightly front loaded contract, I think a lot of teams are going to be a little bit more hesitant uh, in the next year or two to, to bring him on. So, okay. um, you know, maybe in a couple of years, once they start getting the pieces together and, and, you know, get things going in Chicago again, they might say, Hey, you know what? Um, you know, now's your, your time to move. Maybe Seth Jones gets it back together and starts to have a, a decent season. And then he's easily movable next year, but cool. Yeah. I, you know, the sad thing about, see, I thought that Anaheim would be really fun to watch. I didn't think they'd be good, but I thought they'd be fun to watch. Same. They have been maybe the bo- most boring, worst team to watch in the league uh, uh sans the one game against toronto that they beat them in that was just like <laughs> they every player on their team it was like it was the freaking playoffs because a bunch of them are from toronto yeah. uh right which they ironically they play tonight uh, as we record this on uh, december the 13th but uh the next team on this list the arizona coyotes I'll say they have actually been pretty fun to watch. Uh, I think we all thought they would be where the Ducks are, like practically unwatchable. But this team has some guts. Like they know that I think everyone knows they're they're built to be bad. And they're like, you know what? We're not going to be that bad. We're going to like they've got a lot of hard workers on that team. They're they're implementing something. Uh, it's I think it's a cool vibe. Uh, them playing at home. Uh, granted, they've only played six home games so far, so they're going to get a massive amount of home games in the uh, the next you know sixty games. They're going to be playing a lot, uh, but the uh, yeah the Arizona Coyotes have not been that bad to watch, and they they've kind of been a spoiler. You know, you you I at this point I look at a game and you go, well, Anaheim's definitely going to lose that, but with with Arizona, you go like Arizona plays the Sharks tonight, and you go, well, 
I mean, I'm I would definitely wouldn't bet against Arizona. I you know I'm not putting money against them because they they've played well enough to to do their thing. So I I've I haven't minded watching Arizona, and it doesn't change the fact that they are out of the playoffs. They are dead in the water, but they've been reasonable to watch. So they aren't a complete tire fire like the Ducks. No, yeah, I I enjoy watching them. I mean, Clayton Keller, he's been great. Lawson Krause, uh, enjoyed watching him. And and then, of course, they've got the rookie. I'm probably going to butcher his name, but Maselli. um, Maselli, I have no idea how to really pronounce it, if I'm being honest. So please tweet us and let me know. But, um, yeah, he's second in the league in rookie scoring behind Matty Benier. So he's been a lot of fun for this team to – to watch him develop over these these past couple dozen games. And and then, of course, you know, on the back end, right, Shane Goss's fear has still been great, so he's a UFA, and so that creates a lot of intrigue for me because I, I just want to see what else he's going to do and, you know, is a team going to, you know, pay over the top for him. And then, of course, Jacob Chicken, right, comes back from injury, and he's just been – he's been nothing but good for this team already. So, I mean, shoot, it's, it's not going to take long, I don't think, for a team to pounce on him. I, I don't think it'll – It'll take as long as some people think. I mean, he's plus six, nine points through 10 yeah. games. Yeah, he's... I mean, those are freaking great numbers. And Arizona's got to be licking their chops because they they know that the price for him, at very least, has stayed the same. You know, right. Everyone exactly. was worried about that injury, and now he's back. He's better than ever. And you can say, yep, we said what our price was, and we're, we're sticking to it. Uh, by the way, somebody dropped Clayton Keller in our fantasy league. I picked really? him. I picked him up. Yeah, I picked up Clayton Keller on waivers, and I, I believe he got a hat trick the next game. <laughs> Why in the world would anybody? That's that's got to be one of those things where a team didn't have somebody really worth dropping, so they're like, uh, I don't think anybody will notice if I drop him really quick. Oh, maybe yeah, or or maybe it was just like, oh well, you know, he's he's a, he was a big minus, and he he kind of pulled himself back a little bit recently, but. Maybe they just felt like he was killing him with the plus minus. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, when I saw him there, I was like, wait, what? Why is someone dropping Clayton Keller? Like Our league, uh, in a like an eight-team league where you're playing two guys at each position, okay, Clayton Keller, he's fine. Uh, but in our league where you're, you have 20 starting positions every game and a massive bench, like Clayton Keller <laughs> is the top line forward. Uh, right. Anyways, yeah, I got him for free, so that was nice. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, congrats to you. Got to keep an eye on that waiver wire. You know, you never know. <laughs> I even, you know what? I was such a good guy. Uh, someone else in it, Derek in our league. Uh, I texted him cause his team has, has been bad. And I was like, yeah, you know, what? I'm going to be a good friend. I was like, go drop your worst guy and go pick up Clayton Keller because you're number one on the waiver wire. Like I was oh, like yeah. I was like, well, if, if anyone if I want anyone to get him besides me, I'd rather him get him because he's <laughs> his team's not good. Like I didn't <laughs> want a really good team high on the waiver wire to get to get him. So I, I texted him that and then I woke up the next morning and I, I had Clayton Keller and he's like, Oh, sorry, I went to bed. I didn't see your text. <laughs> All right. Oh. Well, I'm happy I got him. Anyways, there you go. That's uh, too funny. <laughs> the I guess the one thing about Arizona that that is is sort of a little more boring is that there isn't a whole lot to move here at the deadline. Yeah, Nick Ritchie, I think he might resign there. Um, Bukestad, eh. uh, it's really Shane Gossespierre, and then of course Jacob Chikrin. Uh Beyond that, there just there isn't a whole lot of interest to me uh, with 
with these players moving out. So I think I guess the downside about Arizona is there's no one to go, all right, let's check in on this guy. Let's see how they're doing because they're probably going to move him. And uh, so there's there isn't that same amount of drama, but they they at least have they they have high event games, and I'm I'm here for that. So, uh, but unfortunately, the Arizona Coyotes, uh, which we knew at the beginning of the year, they are going to miss the playoffs. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, unfortunately, but uh, yeah, you're right. Actually, I didn't. I guess I never really looked at it and realized how many like lack of tradable tradable assets they really have. Which I guess could be another reason why. Um, you know, Bill Armstrong has such a high price for Jacob Chikrin too, because he sure. knows he's, sure. he doesn't have many assets to to come back the other way. Very true. Uh, let's go to the final team in the West that uh, is maybe more dead in the even more dead in the water than some of the other teams because they have played thirty games, uh, four games in hand for the Arizona Coyotes over the San Jose Sharks, who have actually been pretty solid offensively. Uh, they are the Highest scoring team outside of Vancouver, who is out of the playoffs in the West. Uh, so they've managed to score lots of goals, but they also have allowed more goals than everyone else outside the playoffs, aside from the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, the only other team with more goals allowed in the West is the LA Kings. So, uh, yeah, the, the San Jose Sharks have obviously struggled to keep the puck out of their net, but they are playing decently exciting hockey. Uh, but I think that they're they're done for, and uh, I this is really the maybe the the earliest that I would say the Sharks have been eliminated in my mind in, in a little while. Where you're like, no, nope, no chance, they're done. They're not even putting up a, much of a fight, um, other than just going out there and trying to score as often as they can. Yeah, yeah. This, I mean, listen. The one thing I will say, San Jose second in the league in penalty kill. Um, they're sitting at 19th, I think it was, in, in power play. So their special teams aren't actually all that bad, uh, you know, all things considered. But, um, you know, unfortunately, I guess their five-on-five play has, has been lacking a little bit because of it. But, um, yeah, I mean, this this team's been fun to watch. I, I absolutely agree. I mean, Well, Aaron, Aaron think, Carlson has just been a gem. Like, yeah, we're getting a throwback say, Eric Carlson, which even when he was on those bad Ottawa teams, it was so fun to watch Eric Carlson. Right, and I mean, you look at the the guys their 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 core group of forwards, right? Hurdle, Meyer, and Couture are, are all playing relatively well, all things considered. Um, you know, which you think if they had a better supporting cast, they could actually do something sure. uh, with those four guys producing like they are. But you know, unfortunately, it just hasn't been there. They just, I don't know, they just been kind of lackluster. I mean, you really look at you know this team as a whole, and um, you know, obviously, the rumors have gone around that Carlson might be out the door here. But you know, honestly, I. I sell that kind of rumor because it's, I just don't gonna think it's going to be so hard to move him in the regular season. Yeah. In the off contract. season, absolutely. Yeah. Like four years left on that deal. If he continues the way he's going, he's going to have a hundred points. Right. <laughs> if he is, if he ends the season, he has uh, what? 37 points in 30 yep. games. Mm-hmm. So you're at uh, 74 and 60. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're pretty much at a hundred points, which is an, would be an unbelievable year. Uh, e- even for him to get, you know, when's the last time? The last time he had a point per game was 15-16 season. So, I mean, you're looking at a guy who is absolutely rejuvenated. Uh, they are certainly, though, they have unlocked the uh, all the chains. Like, David Quinn has basically said, if we're going to lose, we're going to lose because somebody scored six goals on us. Like, 
we're going to lose, it's because we just could not score enough goals to, to keep pace. So good on them. I mean, it's a fun way to, it's a fun like team to watch in that sense. And they, they certainly have those, you know, the high end players. It's just after that, it's kind of a bunch of AHL, like former, Hey, you used to be good. Nick Benino kind of players. Um, and of course, Mark Edward Vlasic, who is just, uh, is just too slow now to be an effective NHL defenseman playing on the, well, he's, he's playing on the third pairing, I think, most of the time. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's not getting much, and um, you know, and, and then the fact too, James Reimer, right? He's been hurt for most of the year, sure. um, and he looked he good him, early on. Yeah, yeah, looked good. So he's coming back now. I hear. I think he's he's ready to come back. So Capo uh, Kakinen, who has just been bleh for them, um, he'll obviously go back to a backup role, which I think he's better suited for. So maybe yeah, they maybe might Reimer pull out a few still. more. Yeah. Right. He might pull out a few more wins, but I think he's I think you're get, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he'll get he'll get dealt at some point, but um, you know, I, I think. And, but he's got a mo- modified no trade clause, so you know, he'll he'll throw on five teams, and I'm sure they're probably uh, a few of the teams we've already talked about. But sure. <laughs> um, I mean, look, I, I think you know, again, whenever you bring in a new GM, they always want to make their 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 blueprint right. They want to put their stamp on the, on the team and say, you know, this is the team that I, I brought in and. And, you know, guys like Eric Carlson, Tomas Hurdle, and Logan Couture, their contracts are basically unmovable at this point. And unfortunately for Mike Greer, he doesn't have a lot of contracts to move. Um, a lot of and UFAs. Timo Meyer is the one deal that you could right. see. That move. is the one guy, right? The one guy I look to where I think you could get a, a sizable return. So if you're looking to, to make an impact as a GM and say, hey, you know what, we got to start reloading, we got to start doing something different here, um, he's a guy, right? They already traded off Brent Burns and they got a decent return for him. Uh, maybe not as as good as maybe you'd hoped. Now that you watch him play in Carolina, but hey, you know what? You got something for him. You made a move and you clear up some space. And now Eric Carlson looks a lot better because now he doesn't have to share ice time with anybody. But um, hey, you know what? Timo Meyer though might might be able to fetch a first round draft pick for you. And you know who? You know where Timo Meyer would look great playing center? It's the Colorado Avalanche. Well. I, he doesn't play center, so I don't know if I if I think that's that's going to happen. Um, you know, right I'm now. Sorry, been, I'm sorry. Yes, the yeah. wing. The wing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but then again, I will say Colorado has got uh, you know Miko Rantanen playing center, and they had him playing center for most of the year last year too when injuries happened. But I mean, it's um, it's at this point, yes, you got to take the face off. But outside of that, it's a it's three four. You know, it's it's very positionless. I, oh yeah, especially at the forward position, you're kind of. You're you're floating between three positions. Um, I mean, I Timo Meyer to me would be a good fit there. Uh, I mean, whether you're, I, I would think that Colorado would be willing to to give up some assets to be able to continue. Uh, you know, going for a going for back to back, and I know they've had a lot of injuries. They cannot score for their life. I think they're uh, they're worse than the Ducks, five on five as far as goals for. Ooh, I say uh, keep an eye on Bo Horvat to Colorado. If, if no, I'm, okay, yeah, that would be yeah, yeah. If I'm a betting man, but uh, yeah, Timo Meyer though would look really good on that wing. Even, you know, assuming that at some point, right, you you get a healthy, um, you know, you get a healthy Nathan McKinnon back, you know, at, later in the year, and you say, okay, you know what, we can put him on the wing with, and then that gives us the ability to put Ranton in and Landis and Landeskog on maybe your second line, and you can have Ranton in center that one if you can't go find yourself a number two center at some point. And so now you have 
two pairs of forwards that you can really roll out there at, at almost any situation. And then you know what you do? Then the other spot, Timo Meyer would look look real good, the Florida Panthers. Ooh, a fantastic yeah. spot for Timo Meyer to go, Florida Panthers. Uh, they they couldn't they can't afford him they uh, because they've got Patrick Horingfist on LTIR and he'll be a UFA at the end of the year and uh, you know maybe you can find somebody to take Bobrovsky off your hands. <laughs> yeah, I I honestly think I think with Florida right you're gonna get you know Anthony Duclair back at some point and I think with his boost and uh, you know with Barkov back now I think. I think honestly, this team's going to be looking at defenders, right? Mackenzie Weger left a bigger hole than I, I think they expected, and so, um, yeah, I think they're going to be shopping defensemen, in my opinion. But uh, you know what? Hey, I still wouldn't hate it, right? Timo Meyer right on the side of Barkoff and Duclair, or that's or I mean, that's kind of yeah. my yeah, yeah, that's kind of my thought. That and, would still be still be great, and you can keep Sam's Club alive and uh, go from there. That's right. Um, you know, as far as the 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 San Jose Sharks go, again, this is another team that they. They are essentially they're trying to be bad. We know that they. I I don't think that we've seen Mike Greer really imprint himself on this team quite yet. Other than yes, he brought in David Quinn as the head coach, and he's kind of taken the reins off. Eric Carlson all of a sudden is a hot commodity, and if that's the best thing that he did to start off is figuring out a way to get Eric Carlson going, then that's absolute money because you can get plenty for Eric Carlson still uh, especially if you're willing to hang on to half that salary which is a long time to hang on to half uh, yeah and maybe next year right he repeats the same success and then teams are like okay well shoot uh, let's let's deal for him now so I mean at five million five and a half at maybe six million dollars or seven million dollars could oh man is there a team out there that could could squeeze it I'm sure that there is um, obviously he has to approve where he goes. Um, you know, you'd kind of love to see what I would love to see is Eric Carlson go to the Buffalo Sabres and play alongside Rasmus Dahlin. And you've got, or, uh, he, I mean, he can play alongside Owen power. Like doesn't matter. One of those two guys. I know that, uh, what Matias Samuelson plays alongside, uh, Rasmus Dahlin, but I would like to see him go there and like be able to play for this this up and coming team. I think that would be fun. But um, and all I have to do is just trade Jeff Skinner. <laughs> <laughs> they could do it. Um, but anyway, yes, the San Jose Sharks are are indeed no pun intended dead in the water. And uh, you know it's an it it's just uh, a step towards this team getting a high draft pick, and we'll see. You know, it, it'll be really fun to see who ends up with Connor Bedard. Uh, I don't know. Has San Jose ever had a number one overall pick? I don't think they have. Boy, I don't know. That's a good. That's a good trivia question. Oh well, we can go look that up. But I, I'm pretty sure that they have not. And uh, boy, that would be. This is a good time to get one if uh, if you can. Um, I don't yes, think sir. that the Anaheim Ducks have had a number one overall pick either. They have had uh, a number two because they got Bobby Ryan at number two in that 2005 draft uh, with Sidney Crosby, but. They, I don't think, have had a number one overall. Let me let me go back here. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up while you're talking about. Okay, who, who all right. We're talk you, about you go back. Um, we're we're gonna you know we're talking about doing. We've got these four teams. We know that they're dead. Uh, there are 
obviously four other teams that are outside the playoffs right now in the Western Conference. That is the Colorado Avalanche, the Nashville Predators, the Vancouver Canucks, and the St. Louis Blues. And I, I think, to me, if I have to go one of those teams that is also dead in the water, but you know they're they're keeping their head above, they're 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 on life support. I still think it's the St. Louis Blues. They they went through that that period where they you know they they actually were winning some games uh, and kind of gave a little bit of false hope. And here they are, last ten games, three six and one. Uh, Jordan Binnington doesn't look much better. He's he's getting more and more frustrated by the day. I mean, when your head coach has to come out and call you out publicly, you know it's a problem. Uh, they're a minus twenty three goal differential. They can't they can't keep the puck out of their net, and I think they're really struggling with their lack of depth. I think it was you know sort of inevitable. You let David Perron walk, and you just you've kind of you've got Ryan O'Reilly who's playing far below where where he was at last year uh, and your younger kids Robert Thomas has finally started to to, to come along uh, after a really slow start but this defense is just not very good uh, maybe outside of Pareko it just doesn't look like anyone else is interested in playing defense and uh, yeah when I I look at this team I just I don't see a team that can that can make the playoffs especially when I go who are they going to have to jump I mean, Vancouver is trying their darndest to get themselves back into this. Uh, Nashville still has Roman Yossi. I mean, they've been decimated by injuries. Uh, of course, and they lose Ily Tolvanen for nothing because of that. <laughs> Weird to lose someone for nothing when you're you have a lot of injuries, but uh, because of you know cap purposes and all that, they had to they lost him for nothing. And you're not Colorado. They're going to start getting guys back. Obviously, Colorado's going to make the playoffs. They're also three games in hand on Edmonton and Calgary, who are one point and two points behind them. So uh, they'll they'll be catching them. And uh, I I just I don't see St. Louis jumping. May, maybe Vancouver, but I don't see them jumping very many teams. And uh, so for my money, St. Louis is on life support. It is time to uh, you know take them out of this vegetative state and just put a stake in them call it good yeah okay hard to argue with that uh to to go back to our trivia question yes uh by the way um san jose anaheim never had a number one pick and did you know here's another trivia question out of all the number one overall picks in the nhl since the draft started in 1963 there have only been four hall of famers chosen number one overall really um although i suspect guys like mark andre ob Sidney crosby patty kane stamkos they're all gonna matthews yeah yeah. yeah, so that'll change, but uh, Connor McDavid, so yeah. Uh, so, but, yeah, so who are the four number one overall picks who have... Uh, yeah, Guy Lafleur. Yeah, Mike okay, Madonna. I was going to say Guy, Guy Lafleur. Yeah, okay, Mike, Mike oh, Let me see if I can guess. Let me see if I can okay. guess. Yeah, yeah, uh, give, give me two more, the other two. Yeah, yeah, give me some time, and I'm, I'm, I'll think about it. I promise okay. I won't go looking it up. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm, I'm got to think about first overall picks. Um, you want me to tell you the teams they, the last two played for? Hmm... Let me see if I I'll, I'll 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 take a hint if I need okay. it, but okay I, okay I'll I'll let you know I'll let you know. Um, man, Hall of Famers first overall, jeez, since DPHO. and and <laughs> I'm assuming they're all after Mike Madonna was drafted. Yes, that is correct. Uh, okay, man, that's oh uh, Matt Sundin. Yep. 
Yep. Um, trying to remember. I no, I don't think Broder was first overall. Um, okay, I'll, I'll. There's so there's one more. I gotta. There's just one. One more, and I'll find. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Okay. Uh, without looking it up, I promise I won't look it up. But let's let's uh, <laughs> let's roll over to the Eastern Conference. Let's go Columbus Blue Jackets. I know the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, have had. Wait, let's see. No, they have not had a first overall pick because Rick Nash. No, was Rick Nash first overall, or was that uh, Ilya Kovalchuk? Uh, I'm sorry. What Rick Nash? Yeah, he was number one overall. He was okay. Okay, not in yep. the Hall of Fame though. Not in the Hall of Fame. Uh, so Columbus, they sit dead last in the Eastern Conference. They have won seven games uh, in regulation so far out of 27. And uh, they are a minus 31 goal differential. They have been god-awful. Johnny Goudreau has not been able to uh, cause this team to rise from the ashes. In fact, they uh, they have buried themselves in more ash. And uh, they, they find themselves in a pretty rough place. Uh, did you expect Columbus to be this bad? Um, you know what? I, I mean, I will give them a, a little bit of a break on as far as defensive, you know, concerns uh, because they've been decimated by injuries on that back. And I remember at one point, sure. like Wierenski Eric Gustafson was their number one. Yeah, was their number one defenseman. But I mean, listen, it's uh, it's no surprise Goudreau's playing well. But it you, is, you know who else has been decimated by injuries? The Toronto Maple Leafs. They're they don't they have did have a lot of yeah. They didn't have their top three defensemen. And you know what they did? Back to back shutouts. <laughs> I'll give you that. They 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 played well through those injuries. My, my dad texts me. Do you think that the Leafs should just uh, should just trade Morgan Riley since it's obvious our defense is better without him? I was like, Dad, you're dumb. It's <laughs> like Pittsburgh with Chris Letang. Sometimes right. they just play better, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah exactly. For three games. Right. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, anyway, sorry. Continue on Columbus. No, no, no. You're, so what I will say though is Toronto has a better supporting cast up front, right? But Goudreau's really got nothing, and not only that too, but Elvis Merlikens has looked terrible this year. Um, you know, I, I think I expected better play out of him, and, and oddly enough, Corpusalo has been playing pretty, pretty decent for where he was last year, and uh, you know, might just—I mean—might fan the flames of the fact that he's probably going to get dealt at some point. But uh, being a UFA, I think you know teams might look for him as a solid number two, number three option, because uh, we saw what it did to Pittsburgh. Speaking of which, last off season, so um, you know, maybe having a solid number two, three there would be great for some some playoff bond teams, but. Um, you know, with that said, all the injuries, no supporting cast for Johnny Goudreau up front. You know, Patrick Lani was out for a spell, and they really have no top six centermen. Eric Lindros. No, no, you're wrong. <laughs> Eric Lindros was drafted first overall. I'm kidding. Yes, he was. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because the Quebec Nordique had three drafts, number ones in a row, 89, yes. 90, and 91, and they took Sundin, Owen, Nolan, and Eric Lindros. So, um, which Owen Nolan might get in at some point. I, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing that. But uh, yeah, he's a long shot. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but he's I that next he tier of guys. Really yeah. nice career, though. Good guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the point on Dominic Hasek, one of my favorite goals I've ever seen live. Oh yeah, that All Star goal was phenomenal. By, that, by live, I mean like I was watching it on TV when it happened, not like yes. I was there. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, in Columbus's defense, right? It's been great season as far as getting the younger cast some opportunity to play and. For me, you know, I'm still pretty high on uh, Kent Johnson. I think he's going to be a phenomenal player for this team down the road. It's just they're still trying to put it together. And when you don't have, you know, very good structure up front, when you don't have, you know, those, I guess, those top-end centermen for, for a team like this to help those wingers out like Kent Johnson and 
and you know, um, gosh, you yeah, know, Sean Cole, Corelli, Cole Sillinger, Cole Sillinger. Not ready for that kind of role yet. Yeah, it's um, it's hard to put it all together when you're competing against the East team, where I think more teams in the East have gotten better, and so of course, hmm. one team had you know teams, other teams have to suffer, and uh, unfortunately, it's Columbus that's you know suffering more than any. Yes, that is a great point. Uh, you know, you look at the West, and for the most part, uh, this is you know, other than Colorado, really struggling. Uh, the teams that we're seeing at the bottom are teams we saw at the bottom last year. Uh, I, was, I guess St. Louis was better. Uh, Nashville was better. But, but I think we all knew that maybe Seattle was going to take a bit of a step. This is probably a bigger step than we thought. Right. Uh, <laughs> Winnipeg always had the horses. I mean, they always had really high-end talent, so it's not surprising to me that they're they're better. Um, but, man, the East just has so many teams. That are that are good. Like the fact that the Washington Capitals, who are still a good team, they still have good players on there. Uh, I know they've had they they started the year with a lot of injuries, but they're sitting outside the playoffs. Uh, Florida, the season they had last year, and all the like didn't lose that much. Uh, now finds themselves way down <laughs> out of the playoffs, sixth in the wild card rankings. Ottawa, who we all thought was going to be so much better, uh, just can't seem to compete. And it's like, and the the East is just power. Like, there's some power teams in the East right now. Uh, but yeah, I think I think you're right that the East just kind of improved more across the board, and and that's really made it difficult for Columbus. Yeah, and like I said, especially when you're decimated by injuries on the back end, and your goaltender isn't doing you any favors. It's uh, it's not easy to stay afloat. Yeah, sure. I mean, they have allowed 111 goals. 103 is next worst for the Sabres, and, and after that, no team has allowed more than 100 goals this, this season. Uh, I mean, the Boston Bruins have basically allowed half that amount. Right. Like, it's unbelievable. It's, uh, it's just a terrible, terrible start and a phenomenal start for the Bruins. But, uh, yeah, the Columbus, Columbus Blue Jackets, at this point, what, are you trading Gustav Nyquist? And I, I, I think they really like Gavrikov, uh, but I think that Gavrikov is probably he's one of those guys. He's going to be affordable if they half the contract and he comes in at one point four. I, I think he's a fantastic pickup. Whether that be, I know he's been rumored to go to Toronto, uh, but there's there's a lot of teams that could use a number four defenseman who might slot a little lower in their lineup, but uh, would be a fantastic pickup for any playoff team in uh in Gavrikov. So I think he'll be it'll be interesting to see where he goes. And do you think Nyquist leaves? Do you think that they trade him or do you think that he's just kind of like he's been there for a while now. He signed there as a free agent, I believe, out of uh when cuz yes, cuz he was traded to San Jose at the deadline, signed a what a four-year deal with or a three-year deal with Columbus and uh I wonder if he just stays. You know, um, if they'll have, him. I think he could get re-signed in the offseason, but I do think they will move him because there's, you know, he's still a serviceable middle six forward who can still bring speed, and he's still got that smart hockey IQ. So I think he's got enough juice in him to to make a move or to have other teams, you know, take a flyer on him, and especially if maybe you only have to give up a third and fourth round pick for a guy like that, I think it's it's worth it for sure to bolster your your third or second line there a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, let's let's move up the east. Let's go Philadelphia. Who, uh, you know, early on in the season, it looked like 
know, hey, maybe maybe this team is going to compete, not make the playoffs, but they're going to compete. And I did not expect that this team would struggle to score goals the way that they are. I mean, 70 goals is by far the lowest amount of goals scored in the Eastern Conference. They have just been uh, pretty terrible. And I guess, I mean, it shouldn't, I guess it shouldn't surprise me since they were the lowest scoring team in the league last year outside of the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, I just thought that maybe that was a bit of an aberration last year and that, that some of their, their higher-end talent would would kind of break through here and that John Tortorella uh, with pushing this team and, and usually how he milks just he milks guys for all they're worth, I figured that their offense would be improved uh, on last year. But holy smokes, they've been bad. <laughs> they've been really bad. Uh, 70 goals for. There is only... There, there are only a few teams who have scored less. The Blackhawks, the Ducks, and is that it? Blackhawks and Ducks? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, this team's uh, pretty atrocious, I think, is, is the right word for it, right? I think, um, I mean, look, I, I look at their line combinations on daily faceoff, right? And you, you look up and down the middle of that lineup, you have Noah Cates uh, as your top line center, Morgan Frost on the second line, Scott Lawton on the, the third. And so you have no... I mean, you really don't have a top six or even, in my opinion, with these guys, a top nine centerman, uh, you know, to throw in your lineup. At least Columbus has got Boone Jenner and, well, Ke- and Kevin Hayes. Fillinger. Kevin Hayes is a centerman. Are they playing him on the wing mostly? They're playing him on the wing yeah. right now. But, I mean, I'm sure he's taking a lot of faceoffs because he's still, you know, a decent faceoff guy. But, um, you know, still, you know, you look at, you know, outside of Kevin Hayes and connecting, there's not much there as far as offense is concerned. And, uh you know, well, it, I, I, it almost, it's almost like Tortorella has has gone. You know what? I don't care who's a veteran. I don't care who you are. I'm just going to dress guys who are going to do what I tell you to do, and and that's what we're seeing. I, oh, absolutely. I mean, you you look at. I mean, his teams historically have always been lower scoring teams, but they they're so tight defensively. And I I just think looking at this team, they don't have that that type of personnel on the back end to be mm-hmm. tight defensively, right? I think Ristolainen is has never really been known as that guy who is, you know, very no, good no. in his back end. And Provorov was that guy, but he's kind of, um, you know, been up and down the last few years. And Travis Sanheim has never been, again, another one of those guys I never thought of as as a good defensive player. But well, they did just able- resign. Right. So you have all these contracts going with, with Sanheim and, and Ristolainen, and they just hand it out. So um, they're not going anywhere anytime soon, and teams aren't going to take a flyer on them. And, and you bring in Tony D'Angelo, who, again, is another guy – who is not known for his defensive side of his his defensive play. So, I mean, man, if if you're trying to be a tight defensive group, you've got the wrong defensive core forward. And, uh, you know, again, it's it's no wonder I think this team struggles to score goals because everything starts from the back end. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's it's good to see James Van Riemsdyk coming back. Uh, You know, he he got hurt in, uh, in what, like, late October and uh, has now come back and is, is he's played three games so far. So uh, good on him. No, he nine four, games. four points. Well, th- what I meant was that he's, he's played three games since coming back from his injury. Oh yeah. 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 Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. He had, he had a goal and three assists uh, just two nights ago. So I had a great, uh, great comeback there. And uh, hopefully that we see more of that from James Van Riemsdyk because it would be, re- I just love his net front presence. He's not, He's not someone who really uses his size uh, as far as like playing really physical, but he's got a great net front presence, fantastic hands, and 
I would just love to see him in the playoffs. Sands uh, on a team that plays against the Leafs. I wouldn't want to see that. Because <laughs> well, I know he'll I think, do one of those between the leggers and like oh, it'll yeah. happen I mean, in overtime or something and I'll go to bed crying. So <laughs> He's a guy, I think, though, if you if you put him with the right centerman, I think he's still a 40-point guy in this league. I mean, he's um, a point know, he, per game right now. Right. Oh, absolutely. But I, I think, you know, over the course of the whole season. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I think, you know, he's still a 40 to 45-point guy. And, um, I mean, listen, if he, you know, maybe he goes back to Toronto, right? But, um, uh, you know, in a deal, I think he would be great on that second line with uh, Tavares and Marner. I think that would look really good. Would but, you? Okay, let's 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 uh, posit this. Would you go James Van Riemsdyk for an Alex Kerfoot? Because that's they're three and a half million for Kerfoot, seven for uh, Van Riemsdyk. But you know, Philly eats half, and uh, you do that, and you do that. To me, like salary is going to have to go out probably. Uh, oh, for sure. For them to right now, although right now they do have six point four on LTIR deadline space six point three, so they they do have the space to bring in someone at the deadline. Uh, I just don't know. I I don't think you'd want to you want to get rid of Kerfoot at this point. I think Kerfoot is going to be seen as hey, he's going to be our our deadline acquisition. Like, you know what? I wonder could you trade. Could you trade a player and, uh, you know, for like a draft pick and then they have the contract and then you send them back? Um, I don't, I don't know if you can do that. I don't, <laughs> I don't, know, I don't either. know if you can do that. But what Maybe if you, not like right at the deadline, if you, I think there's usually a waiting period. I was think like to be traded back. But what if, what if, uh, what if the Leafs traded them to the Arizona Coyotes and, and then, uh, Arizona traded them to San Jose and Arizona ate half, and then San Jose traded them back to the Leafs. I mean, <laughs> and ate the ate the salary. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, that would be some. I, I mean, there's got to be a reason why we haven't seen it done before. So, <laughs> I well, think that would cost it's a because I'm smarter picks. than everyone else. Oh, get no one's here. thought about it yet <laughs> until right now. I've never heard anyone talk about it. I don't know, um, but yeah, that's. Uh, I I th- I a guy like Van Riemsdyk. I don't know if, if uh, it's going to be defensemen. Like most teams, what you're seeing, well, you know, when we're talking about, wow, this team has been decimated by injuries, it's been the defense. Like Colorado's defense has been hit by injuries. The Leafs, uh, who else? Florida has been hit by, by injuries. Uh, you know, it's just uh, Pittsburgh to some extent, their, their defense has been hit by injuries. Uh, there, there has been a lot of injuries on the back end, so you've got to think that that is going to cause a lot of teams to go. Well, we need a guy like Gavrikov. We need a guy like you know. That's where we're going to spend our our second first round picks on are bringing in defensemen, not forwards. That's yeah for the, for the playoffs. You know that's and when you, I, I think you just look back to what that fifteen sixteen Penguins team that. All their defensemen were injured, but they still had decent defensemen because at the deadline, I think they acquired two or three defensemen, and they ended up playing a decent-sized role on their team. So you know that defense is probably going to be the number one for a lot of these teams because a lot of them have high-end forwards already, and it's just that third-pairing, third second-pairing defenseman that you're, you want to have in case someone goes down. Oh, yeah. I mean, like a guy like Justin Braun from Philly is going to be somebody who I think, you know, teams will pay a fourth or fifth round pick for and bring on. And yep. he'll be a serviceable depth, you know, seven or eight guy on the team. So, 
All right, sorry. So we uh, we got a little sidetrack. We're gonna go <laughs> to our next team, uh, the next funeral. Say, say goodbye to the Phil- uh, Philadelphia Flyers. Um, this next funeral, I'm tempted to say that they're on life support, but I I, I still think they're done. You know, based on the math and how hard it is to claw back. Uh, maybe out of any of the bottom four teams in each conference, I would say that the Buffalo Sabers are the most likely to not finish where they are like to finish higher in the standings uh because they they are look they're they're a plus six goal differential which is more than you can say for the bottom what the bottom five six seven teams every single team that is out of the playoffs other than the colorado avalanche it's the buffalo sabers of the other team with a positive goal differential which is a, a big deal i mean it shows that they they have been you know they're in a position to win games uh the teams they got to jump i think it's probably too much but uh are we ready to say that the buffalo sabers funeral is is going to commence or or how do you feel about this i think we're i think we're putting the paddles on them right now and okay you know, trying yeah. to bring them back to life but that's fair um, five three and two close. i mean it's not in their last 10 i mean maybe the next 10 games are really telling yeah, they they got to go. You know, a long stretch of seven, two, and one, ten game stretches here. Uh, you know, over the next maybe twenty or thirty games to really get back in it and and show me something. I mean, granted, they are only six points out of a playoff or eight points out of a playoff spot, but um, you know, again, when you've got to jump six or seven teams, yeah, that's tough to do, right? So that's why I say seven, two, and one. You know, almost the next thirty games. I mean, we've had the paddle. We've we if if uh, if the max amount of time for the paddles is like thirty minutes, we've had the paddles on this team for twenty eight minutes. Right. So I I think we're close. Uh, We've almost lost them, Uh, and and you know we are planning the funeral for the Buffalo Sabers. So I think it's you know it's it's sort of inevitable at this point. But I really like what the Sabers have been able to do, and. My goodness, signing Tage Thompson to that's what we thought. What are they doing? Eight year, eight times seven for Tage Thompson, who had one good year. Holy crap. Tage Thompson undersold himself because I think if he had waited another year, he could have got Mitch Marner money. Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> I mean, he's unbelievable. Five well, yeah, goals, too. <laughs> well, not only that, but he's a centerman. Who's six foot twenty? I mean, like, yes. How often do you yes. get guys with hands like that, speed like that, and are that size? So, yeah, he's a commodity for sure. That I think, you know, teams would have easily paid ten million bucks for. And they have thirty-one million dollars in cap space next year. Next year, yeah. <laughs> they have a lot of cap space. And you've got Alex Tuck signed at four point seven. He's putting up a point per game. I mean, gosh, they they look like they're stealing money right now. Um, now, granted, Rasmus Dahlin has come alive this season. I think we'd be talking about him for, uh, you know, the Norris Trophy had, you know, Eric Carlson not be putting up the numbers that he did um, so far this early in the season. But, you know, he's obviously going to need a new contract next year. They're going to have to give him an extension. And I'm sure he's going to want nine and a half million bucks. But, you know, granted, it's not that much more money. And then, you know, yes, Owen Power is going to need some money, but you're not going to have to give him a crazy amount of money either. So, um Boy, if they can uh, if they can get some decent goaltending back there, man, they would be dangerous. Yeah, I I've, I'll say out of probably out of all these teams, they're the team that I like to watch the most. Uh, 
they they have players where you go, oh, okay, he's on the ice again. Okay, I want to see how he does. Um, Tage Thompson in particular. I mean, a five goal night. Oh, they should have let him play more in the third period. But that's, <laughs> that's a whole that's a whole other thing. Um, yeah, the Bu- Buffalo Sabers are are the one team though that I could see. I mean, certainly jumping Ottawa, maybe jumping Florida, but they they are. I think they're out of it. I think it's time to, to call it on them. But uh, they aren't a team. They aren't like the rest of them. Like this team's been in the rebuild, and yeah, I mean, if gosh, can you imagine if the Buffalo Sabers are the ones who win the win the lottery? I mean, I, it wouldn't surprise me if we have a year where we have a team that finishes, you know, ten or twelfth in right. the lottery standings, uh, well, and then they jump all the way to one. You you can't uh, anymore. You can only jump. What is it? Eight spots or six spots? Right, right. But I mean, so, I, I think you you know where I'm getting at yeah, with this. Yeah. I think they, you know, yeah, they could finish at number eight and jump up to number one, which yeah. would be absolutely crazy yeah. considering you just had Owen Power and Rasmus Dahlin. Absurd. So if you can get, a, I mean, if you could have Tage Thompson and Connor Bedard as your one-two punch, Bye. just sign me up for Buffalo yep. and Toronto every single year. That would be fantastic. Oh, that's that's why I want Connor Bedard. I want Connor Bedard to go to, you know, Chicago. Anaheim, Arizona, whatever it is, just keep them away from us. Um, you should be the same way about the Red Wings. I mean, you know, that's the if a player like that is in your division, well, that makes it really tough to make the playoffs for the. Oh, other absolutely! Teams. I, I'll give you that. Yeah, for sure. Although Edmonton's missed the playoffs plenty with the best two players in the world, so it's it's definitely possible to miss the playoffs with really good players. Uh, let's go to our last for sure funeral, and that is the Ottawa Senators who have. Maybe the most disappointing out of all eight funerals that we're doing today that we're doing a funeral for them. Maybe not that like we thought they'd make the playoffs, but we didn't. I don't think we expected to have to do this this early. Like I expected a longer life out of the Ottawa Senators. I know they say only the good die young, but that is not the case for the Ottawa Senators. Yeah. Talk about disappointing, right? I mean, Brady Kachuk, he's worth every penny every night. And, um, you know, Claude, Claude Giroux has been, been good for them. And, you know, I'm still waiting for Alex to bring it to score some goals. So that's that's what's really disappointing for me. Um, yes, 24 points in 28 games, but only nine goals. That's just kind of kind of a little bit of a bummer. Especially it's almost when you're, a 30-goal season. Yeah, almost. But when I this guy's been a, you know, a yeah, habitual 40-goal 40 40 scorer, um, especially when you've got Claude Giroux scoring more goals My, than you, I think that's a little concerning my guess is that he'll go on a little stretch i i I still think one one thing about ottawa is that they brought in so many new characters uh that i i think that that has maybe affected it a little bit and and the injury to shabbat and uh the goaltending issue with with cam talbot who's who has been playing better they are six and three six three and one in their last 10 they've been playing better since talbot got healthier so uh that's that's certainly been an issue by the way um you uh, you you forgot to laugh when I uh, made that joke. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that hurt. I've I was trying to be the next Ron McLean, and it just it's not working out. Oh, bummer. Um. Okay. So, as far as Ottawa goes, because this team had such high expectations, uh, and they do have a lot of young players, um, uh, what do we think they're going to do here at the deadline? Like, do we see is is Alex DeBrinket a guy that they consider moving? Because no. does Alex DeBrinket want to stay? You know, no, he's I, arbitration eligible, and then he can be out of there the next year. Yeah, I mean, look, next year they've got roughly 21, 22 million bucks in cap space, and I think 
I think he'll at least give them another year, right? To, um, you know, I, I think he'll be the type of guy who will, who will sign a one-year deal probably for, you know, seven, eight million bucks. They'll bring him in. And I think he'll hope that maybe with a healthy Shane Pinto all year, uh, who you got to give money to as well. Um, and, you know, again, a lot of these forwards have been in and out of the lineup a lot this year, but, you know, and Tim Stutzel's uh, the, the newest one of that, that group now. But um, I think if you get guys healthy all year, and maybe they show some improvement, show that, hey, we're going to compete a little bit more um, than what they have really this year. Um, that is assuming that, you know, again, everybody's healthy. You get Josh Norris back um, and, you know, they find themselves a goaltender, whether or not they deal Cam Talbot is another story, too. But, um, you know, they had themselves a starting goaltender. And so yeah. you say, you know what, hey, we got maybe. And then Ottawa would have to also go out, I think, too, and make a play for a, a top four top two defensemen to say hey you know what we're serious about this we're going to spend the money we're going to bring in a guy here so you know there's there's real positivity here and then maybe you convince Alex to bring it to stay but I think next year you know is basically a make it or break it year for this team as far as keeping him around okay that's fair uh yeah it doesn't help you know yeah Josh Norris injured um a big part of their team uh but this yeah the Senators I think are uh they're a team that they they aren't going to do a whole lot here at the deadline. Like there's just not going to be. Maybe Travis Hamonic gets moved again, uh, but you know, really, I I don't know. I actually think that there's a chance Cam Talbot just resigns, uh, depending on how the next couple months go. I think that he was. I don't. I think that he he really he appreciated that Ottawa traded for him the way that they did. And uh, and and believed in him as a as a number one goaltender the way they were talking about him, I I wonder if that good those good graces plays uh, plays to his future there. Uh, if not, then yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you deal him, right? And if if at the if at the deadline you're still sitting where you are and you're you're pretty far out of the playoffs, you're certain. Why wouldn't you deal a Cam Talbot? Because someone's probably willing to. Uh, what did they deal Cam Talbot for? I'm trying to remember. They, I'm sure that I can, I'm sure I can find it somewhere, but. Oh, I will tell you in two seconds. Yeah. Go redhead though. Yeah. I, I mean, you got to think that Cam Talbot could fetch maybe a second round pick from, uh, from whoever it may be. Philip like, Gustafson, the goaltender. That's right. That's Another goalie swap. Right. Yep. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I would think if he has a decent couple months here, you're looking at trying to acquire some, a draft pick for Cam Talbot and and you're probably washing your hands. He's 35 years old. It's not as if you know he's going to be around in in another three years. So, uh, but if they see themselves as a team that could contend for a playoff spot next year, and they see Talbot as a guy who can help them get there, then maybe it's worth you know keeping him and re-signing him. And uh, you know, by keeping him at the deadline, says you know we we do believe that you are you're someone we want to be here next year, and. Uh, and I think he would he would revel in that because he wants that opportunity as a number one goalie. And I don't think that Cam Talbot is getting that opportunity with any team currently in the playoffs. Like, do we see a team in the playoffs right now that is going to take Cam Talbot? Yeah, I got one team for you. Um, now, granted, I think they have to send somebody back the other way. Um, but you could do another goalie for goalie swap because I think the L.A. Kings – could Kings. use that starting goaltender, right? Cal yep. Peterson has been mediocre at best, and you know, same goes with uh, Jonathan. Quick. Well, Cal, Peter, think... Cal Peterson's in the minors right, right now. He cleared waivers. Yeah, so he's not. I mean, again, not been playing that great. Um, 
And, you know, Phoenix Copley's been been doing all right. But he's, I mean, to be quite honest, you don't want Phoenix Copley being no. your starting goaltender going to the playoffs. So, um, you know, between Quick and Copley, if you have an opportunity to maybe say, you know what, again, Quick doesn't have a no-movement clause. He doesn't have any kind of trade protection. So um, I don't think they would trade Jonathan Quick just because of what he's meant to this franchise in the past. But I do think if, you know, maybe trade or maybe extension talks break down and you don't think you're going to be able to sign Talbot, uh, you know, for the the near future, maybe you say, you know what, hey, we'll we'll take a flyer on on Cal Peterson, or maybe you just say, hey, you know what, we're gonna keep some of the salary and you can take him, and we'll uh, we'll figure something else out, right? Maybe they they make a move for one of their defensemen because we we do know Ottawa is seeking some help on the back end, so maybe they make a play for that, and um, you know, LA gets maybe a goaltender who I think could come in there and maybe solidify that position a little bit better than what they currently have. Okay, yeah, there's there's one other team that I could see. Making having the consideration for a Cam Talbot, uh, that would be the Colorado Avalanche, who have who mm. have not gotten great goaltending from Georgiev, um, and, and we all know what Frank Kuz is. I mean, I know I know they won a playoff series with Frank Kuz last year. Uh, or yeah, yeah, he played he played uh, that third round. So it's not as if he's he's not a terrible goalie by any means. He's he's he has a pretty good record right now. Uh, through eight games, a nine eleven save percentage. He's playing well. Uh, I wonder if you know the way that they they might be moving. If they go well, you know, we we'll bring in a Cam Talbot as that, just as the backup backup. Like maybe that's the team. You know, a team is looking to bring in Talbot as the third string, just in case. I mean, look what happened to the Pittsburgh Penguins. You know, they both their goalies went down. They go to their third string last year. And uh, I know it. I know it was okay, but they still lost the series, right? Like it didn't work out uh, the way that the way that maybe they they would have had Tristan Jari been in there. And maybe it's a team that just goes, we think we can win the Stanley Cup, but if our goalie two goalies get injured, we're screwed. Let's go out and have a third goalie, and maybe that's where I came to out with those. Uh, I don't necessarily see that in Colorado. I do think they're you know nine twenty save percentage for Gorgiev. I think they're good riding those two guys out, but. Um, you know, again, uh, if you want to talk about a second team that could possibly make a move, um, I could see maybe the Dallas Stars going out to get some insurance for Jake Ottinger to say, hey, you know what, we're going to give you a decent backup. Yeah, I, maybe, I like maybe the Rangers but, too. Rangers with, you know, yeah. they've got Halak as a backup, 37 years old. Yeah, you you could absolutely ride one of those two teams uh, for sure. But I, I think Colorado to me, I think is going to be staying where they are. I think if they're spending their cap anywhere, it's going to be on a, a second line center. Okay. Uh, well, is there are there any other teams in the Eastern Conference that you would like to perform a funeral for? Well, I don't know if there's anybody who I'm ready to, to perform a funeral for, but I will say similar to Buffalo, you know, on those paddles close to maybe not 30 seconds in, but I think maybe they're more or less 10 or 12 seconds in, and that would be the Montreal Canadiens. Okay. So you yeah. you like you like the uh, when you look at the Canadians? Well, and you know what, Cole Caulfield went down last night. I don't. I actually, That's why I think they're they're going on the paddles right now because Caulfield's down and and he and Suzuki have been basically carrying this forward group and I think oh he's actually he's he's going to be available uh, for, is he uh, uh, uh. I mean regardless if he's missing any amount of time at all it could be detrimental to yes. this team and I think yes he should quote should be available to play against the Ottawa Senators in their next game all right good so good obviously them, not that serious but um, but also you never know you know just because somebody can go out and play doesn't mean they're going to be at their best. Yeah, right, exactly. And I, I do think eventually this team's going to move Monahan and Dadanoff and 
Um, you know, potentially, uh, again, I just don't think they have the workhorses to sustain this kind of success for I that long. I think they so. really like Monahan, though. I, I could see Monahan staying. Yeah, but I, I think he, you know, he would like to. I don't know. Want to yeah, necessarily want to go say win. cash in, yeah. but I think he wants to go to a place where he go thinks win. he's got a long term future and an opportunity to win, or just a long, just an opportunity to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I don't think he's getting more than a two year deal, probably for for Monahan. But no, you're probably right. But um, I'll, I'm having a hard time. I I feel like Montreal. I think we all expected them to be bad, and they've been much better. Much better than than I think anyone thought that they would be. Especially like they've been very fun to watch. I knew that they would be fun to watch, but man, Nick Suzuki has taken this to another level. He's been fantastic. So they've been entertaining to watch, and you almost hope that they do that they kind of push this thing a little bit because they've been so fun. Uh, I'll say the Florida Panthers have not been. I mean, they've been fun because they let in a lot of goals <laughs> and score a lot of goals. Uh, <laughs> But you know, I'm I am really worried about the Florida Panthers. I mean, I think as much as you are saying the paddles are on the Montreal Canadiens, I think the paddles might be on the Florida Panthers. Sergey Bobrovsky has been has looked terrible. He's been very bad. I know Spencer Knight has been been better, but he can't play every single night. And and this team just can't seem to stay healthy. There's there's just a lot of uh, a lot of unknowns, and and they they don't seem to be like you said earlier in the show. They're they're not doing well uh, defensively with with the losses that they experienced in the Jonathan Huberto trade, uh, and really, I mean, has Matthew Kachuk lived up to the bill yet? Oh yeah, yeah, without a doubt, thirty seven points in twenty seven games. He's been he's been fun to watch. He's been the only thing. I think about this team that's been fun to watch, yeah. in my opinion. Um, you know, I mean, he goes out there and he he has his, his similar antics Those every night too, walls, which is yeah, yeah, which is great. Um, you know, but I, I mean, I, I think I, I want a little bit more out of Sam Reinhart. He's been a little bit disappointing this season, but Barkoff, you know, again, the, the health, right? So when he's he's been dealing with a lot of health issues, which I think is why his offensive output has been struggling a little bit and not having. Um, you know, Anthony Duclair there this year. I mean, and Huberdo. I mean, he played with Huberdo for a long time. You know, that's that's a, that's a certainly maybe like one of those intangible losses where you lose someone who's your friend. You've been a line mate with him for years. Like you've played on the power play with him for literally your whole entire career. And you both just had career years and then he's gone. Even though Matthew Kuchuk, fantastic player, uh, definitely a different type of player from Huberdo. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I do think once, um, you know, again, now that Barkov's back, he's healthy, I think, you know, if there's any team that's going to make a move early before the deadline, earlier yes. sooner rather than later, it would be Florida because yeah. I think they need to sort that back end a little bit and could use another score up front. But, again, they don't have a lot of cap space, so should be interesting to see what they do. Yeah, I, I maybe I'm, I'm not ready to put the absolute pin in them, but four points out at this stage in the game is – is so much more than than what you know. It's like, oh, well, that's four points. That's two wins. It just takes so long to make up those those couple of wins. It takes so long, and we rarely see that happen. Uh, especially, you got to jump Washington. Detroit's been playing better as of late. Uh, the Islanders are, I, they're they're just so consistent. 
they're, you know, they've always been consistent other than last year. They're back to that consistency. Uh, and the Rangers have now won four in a row. They're just getting going. Yeah, they're getting hot. Washington's been hot. Pittsburgh's been hot. There's so many teams in the East that are just coming alive right now. And, and if Florida's just middling, yeah, they're going to get left behind real quick. Exactly. Four, four, and two in their last ten. And if uh, if that continues for another five games, even you, you might be put into the dust. Um, which is crazy to think because they ran away with the President's Trophy last year. Right. Um, yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, it's it certainly you know a couple games and and realistically you can you can hop back into it. It's just keeping that pace. Can they do it? And uh, and can Sergei Bobrovsky play near where he was last year, or was last year that maybe a last hurrah for for Bobrovsky, who is thirty four years old? I mean, that's that's certainly as far as goaltenders in the NHL go. That's it's ancient at this point. So I, I think you're. You're probably worried about him the most um, at an 884 save percentage. So, uh, yeah, watch out for that, especially at 10 million bucks for another three years. That's killer. Uh, any other uh, any other honorable mentions that you want to uh, you know maybe let them know that we'll be performing their funeral soon? Um, well, if uh, Vancouver deals either Bess or who they've given permission to talk to teams, or if they deal Bo Horvat at any point, who says I will not comment. Came out today and said, "I will not comment on the future of my team." End of story. Um, if they, any one of those two guys go, you might as well just put them on life support and, and start their funeral now. Okay. All right. Yep. That's fair. Uh, hear that, Vancouver? Start wearing black. Uh, <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk. We uh, will talk to you very soon, and we'll be more consistent now. Uh, Justin is all done. His, uh, you know, Broadway. I don't know what what to call it. Broadway show? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. let's go with that. Yeah. You all done the Broadway show for, for the year. So uh yeah, we'll we'll be back on the train more often and uh we're looking forward to talking more hockey with you. And Justin, have a great night to our listeners. Enjoy the rest, enjoy all the games. We'll talk to you guys soon.